So about Michael Jordan, how you gonna hit from outside the finals? You can't even get in. the basketball addicts podcast oh my goodness i was right (laughs) is this a podcast yes this is a podcast that is going to be musty chris I can feel it in the air. It's going to be a good one today. I can feel this it is coming in the air tonight. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's there. There is just so many great, interesting things. We got the Nets, all of that, Boston, Dallas, Utah, Memphis, Timberwolves, no Devin Booker. You know, this is like Bedlam in the Streets. The round yeah. one. And it, we got stuff to talk about for days. And it's going to be great. And I feel like everybody... you want Anything you want to say before we could just... I feel like everybody deserves to get in the main event first things first. Anything I else was, you want to say? I was right. Yeah. I was right. Yeah. I was I was laughed at. I was Boston. called crazy. I was Boston right. Celtics versus Nets. Just make sure the wrestlers know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It, the 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 hottest take from the last podcast was that I said that James Harden, KD, and Russ don't show up when the lights are the brightest. I said that basically saying that when the chips are on the line, they're not Andre Iguodala. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, Max that was Kelly. the hottest take of last episode. If you listen to it, right? You probably you listeners probably laughed at me too. This guy doesn't know basketball. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was right. <laughs> I was right. I was right. It am I prophesizing basketball? Should you bet on? Should should you listen to this podcast before betting? Because yes. if, if you, I don't know because like I was right. I, I was right, and you know whoever you know if you, if you said something you know as you were listening to this last time and you dogged me, I want an apology. <laughs> Oh, you owe me one. I don't written care who apology. You are, where you are, I want an email <laughs> apology, Chris. A haiku. You are right. I want. I want Chris. You are right. Matter of fact, Jason, post yeah. this and post side by side <laughs> with the with my hottest take, and then I want you were right in the comments. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, Chris, it's. <laughs> you want to talk about the main event of all main events? Let's talk about the Boston Celtics. Not just not just winning one game. Not just winning two games. They went up 2-0. I was like, that's, that's they're not going to lose game three. They won game three. In the Nets building, they yeah. won game three. In a very, very convincing fashion there is yeah. so many takeaways to have away from the series but we got to let the person who got it right talk about it first chris let's talk about it you talk about it. go go for it biggest takeaway for me 
Mm. And, you know, if you don't agree, just remember, I was right. Mm. KD can't carry. KD can't carry. Yes, he was being double teamed. Yes, you know, he's he's we we focus so much on the fact that he's such a prolific scorer, and he is probably possibly one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. I cannot deny that. No matter how much I want to, I can't fight that, right? Mm -hmm. But it was such glaring in our faces that it's something that he's not great at. But his scoring was overshadowing, but the fact that he doesn't have a true point guard anymore, you know, because Kyrie's more of a scoring guard. He he prefers to score rather than assist and facilitate. KD can't pass. So when you're doubled, he can't he has nothing to do. He he just has to lose the ball or he's throwing the ball away because he doesn't see the floor like you do. He sees in only a scoring aspect. This is kind of something that me and Jason were talking about last night. He sees only from a scorer's point of view, he doesn't see from a facilitator's point of view. Yes, he can make a crazy pass every once in a while, but that's not something that he's known for. It's not something mm-hmm. that he has that he has programmed into his brain that he can do that. No, he he's more he sees that he he doesn't see Kyrie on the wing. He doesn't see you know uh, Seth Curry cutting. He doesn't see he doesn't see these things. What he sees is the basket, and he sees okay, this is my opportunity to shoot. That's what he sees. Mm-hmm. Not saying that that's a bad thing, but in that moment, we can't. We can no longer, in my opinion, and you know, there's something else you may not agree with. We can't compare him and LeBron anymore. We can't compare him to no. to many of the greats anymore. In my opinion, no. he's not a top five. He's like on the edge. I would give him like six or seven because of the simple fact. No. Because I mean, like I, I don't said, think he's top ten anymore. You don't. You wouldn't say top ten anymore. No. I'm being nice. Jason's not going to be nice to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's we just go com- off it real quick. Go ahead. Real quick. He's not better than Braun. He's no. not better than MJ. He's not better mm-hmm. than the Will. He's not better than Kareem. He's not better than Shaq. That's five players. He's not better than Kobe. He's not better than the Bird. He's not better than Magic. That's eight players. And then we can start talking about him in this range. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Akeem? Did you say Hakeem, Hakeem already? He, he's not better than Hakeem. Hakeem was too amazing defensively, you know. Yeah. And then Steph. There you go, Steph. He, he's not, he's not better than Steph. Mm-mm. We've we've learned this. He's not top ten. He's those. Not, okay. He's he's not better than those guys. Real quick, Jason. Jason, that's really quick. That's really quick. Yeah. See, now, now we're getting into the nitty gritty. Now, if you have not tuned in to previous episodes, you you probably a little bit lost right now. But I'm gonna keep going. So mm-hmm. now. <laughs> We have our top 10, and Katie doesn't even break the top 10 in our eyes now anymore. Mm-hmm. But we can no longer, get back to my point, we can no longer compare him and Braun because no. Braun overcomes. We've seen Braun overcome. We've seen him overcome a 3-1 deficit. He dropped 41. He's able to pass. He's able to facilitate, get all his guys riled up. That's just not something that Katie has the ability to do. Not saying that that's a bad thing, but that's just something that as a leader, we would expect out of our leader. He's not a leader. We don't get that from him. One reason I would say he's not a leader is because biggest glaring thing in our face that a lot of people choose to ignore is Golden State. I wouldn't call him a leader for that because who who is the leader on that team? I think it's Steph. Draymond. Steph, Steph or Draymond? I would give Steph or Draymond. Draymond yeah. will be more on the defensive side. You know, he's the emotional bullies. leader. He's a, he's a, he's yes. I thought so. Emotional. I thought you were going. I, yeah, I'll give you that defensive, emotional. He's the voice. He's like okay, you know. Katie can't handle that. Steph is more like he's a he, he, Steph is more of a leader on the floor. He's just fun. He's infectious. He's fun to play with. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. really can get his guys going. These are leaders. Yes. Katie doesn't have those qualities. 
he wasn't he's not able to galvanize the troops and go win a game. He can't mm-hmm. carry. Golden State mm-hmm. for from my from just just jumping this throwing this out there because we're talking about KD because this is all ties in into how the Nets and Boston Celtics um series is gonna end. So going to Golden State now, <clears throat> his time in Golden State, how could he not have succeeded in a t- on a team like that? It, it's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. We have the greatest shooter of all time, the most consistent shooter of all time, possibly the great, the one of the greatest defensive players we've probably seen in in, in NBA history, yes. Pos- arguably. And Draymond yes. Green, and then you have key 10. role players. Probably one of the greatest coaches we've probably ever seen. It's hard for you to not succeed. Like, yeah, he's mm-hmm. you've had his big games, but think about this: you lost to this team previously when they were seventy three and nine. You lost to this team in the in the Western Conference Finals, and then you go join because mm-hmm. you know that there's something missing from you that they have. They have the leadership qualities that you don't possess. So now you could jump on this team, get your rings. Fine, I don't care about all that. A lot of people jump ship to get rings. Fine. But that's just a glaring point because he can't lead. It, it's shown there. He was not the leader. Yes, he was probably the, one of the greatest scorers on that team. He got a couple finals MVP because he showed up in the playoffs on an overpowered team. But it, what else are you going to do? I mean, you're not. Mm-hmm. It shows that you're not a lead. You're not. You don't have the leadership role. Now let's jump to last year. Now I know I'm a little bit winded, but let me just make my point. Last year, I was already. Ready, completely ready. Jason is a witness to this. You guys are witnesses who listened to us last year. I was ready to give Katie his flowers. Completely. I was like, finally, he did it. I don't know if he's going to win the series or not, but he did it for one game. He put the team on his back. He had no Kyrie, no James Harden, and he dropped 49. That same night, Paul George dropped 49. So we look at both those guys. This is this is a guy who I'm saying he's the most inconsistent, consistently inconsistent player. Showed me, shut me up that night. Katie, I was like, he can't lead. He's not a great player. Shut me up that night. Following night, he loses. He tried to carry. This se- this se- this playoff season right now, series right now, is showing me exactly what I was afraid of. He can't carry. He can't carry. I was thinking, okay, maybe he does have just a little bit of leadership gene. Just a little bit. Might maybe. But just the Boston Celtics defense has really, really pointed out that he can't galvanize the troops. He can't galvanize the troops. He doesn't see the floor as a facilitator. They're really missing Ben Simmons for the Nets Celtics series. I thought he was going to play. He ended up not playing. He said he had back shortness. Mm-hmm. He probably won't even show up for game four. Now we know who it, it's going to be a sweep. It's not even going to be a gentleman sweep. They're not going to get one. It's, it's, it's over. The series is over in my eyes. I think that. They may try to run it back, but you would they would need Ben Simmons. I think that the biggest difference is if Ben Simmons becomes a competitor again, because that's a whole different story. I can go on a tangent about Ben Simmons right now because I'm pissed. I'm very pissed off at Ben Simmons again. And, you know, he's my least favorite player. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Jason. I'm just keep going and go. I'm rambling. No, now. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's just like it's good. Ben Simmons. I know you're not listening to this. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But for one day, one day, maybe we'll go back in the annals of in our, you know, in our, um, you know, I don't know, podcast history or something like that and go, oh, this one was about me. And then you just hear me shitting on you. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Because Ben Simmons, you're not a competitor. You are not even a basketball player in my eyes anymore. Stephen A made a comment. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, right? He said that Kyrie is a professional at missing games. 
and miss and missing work. Now let me get to my point now. So when I heard that, my first thought was that would you rather somebody come part time or not at all? I mean, I'd rather Kyrie. Have Kyrie yeah. played half the games, right? Ben Simmons has been mm-hmm. on two teams now. It hasn't played not one game. Has not played one, one in uh, in football. I guess you know in one snap. He hasn't. He hasn't played. He hasn't dribbled the ball once. Yeah, he's averaging zero dribbles, zero rebounds, zero points, zero steals, zero turnovers, zero wins, win shares, zero, zero, zero across the board for a whole entire season. An entire season, we see him go practice. Uh, ah, my back is tight. No, you're not a competitor. You don't want to play the game of basketball. Retire. You don't want to do it anymore. It's clear. You don't have that. You don't. You did. You don't have the fire. We thought you did. We were looking at you differently when you were drafted. We were looking at you differently in Philly. We were looking at you differently two years ago when you. I mean, was it last year? Last year when we found out that you can hack a bin that you don't work. You're not a competitor. You don't work, retire. Just hang the jersey up, spend your money, go off into the sunset. You're disgracing yourself. You're disgracing the NBA. <laughs> I'm tired of it. I'm very pissed off right now because why won't you play the game of basketball? Why won't you play the game of basketball? I understand that there are legitimate injuries, but for a whole season, it was mental at first. I was like, oh, man, maybe he needs a change of environment. Go back in there. I said this. These are things I've said. These are things I remember saying. Maybe he's in the change of environment. Maybe, maybe once he gets, you know, gets on the floor with a different team, different coach, different culture, maybe he can thrive again. I'm not even saying that anymore. I don't want to see you in a jersey anymore. I want you to go away. That's my take. Well, I'm going to disagree with the end. I th- I think Ben Simmons is going to come back next year, and I think he's going to be a productive part of this team. I think he fills in a lot of gaps that they they need. Um, but I'm going to shift gears to KD because that's the main course everybody wants to talk about. It's it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, basketball wise. Um, where you know, there's a lot of historic, wow, these guys had bad series. LeBron James against uh, the Dallas Mavericks that one year and uh, yeah. the Miami, you know. Um, and then you have uh, Magic inbounding the pass and getting it stolen by Bird. And, you know, even though Magic's the greatest passer of all time, like there's a lot of historical guys having individually bad moments or bad mm-hmm. games. Yeah. But it's, it's a historically bad series. Exactly. Um, and I feel like I agree with a lot of the things you said when it comes down to we can't view him anymore as the top guy in the league. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not in this conversation anymore. Um and what we found out is his lack of passing ability can be exposed when he doesn't have somebody that can pass the lights out the ball or be a good passer and distributor for the team. When they double him, when the Boston Celtics put pressure on him, it's a turnover machine waiting to happen. Now, is Kawhi Leonard a great passer of the basketball? No, but you know he makes the right passes sometimes out of it. KD just seemed really lost, really lost against the Boston Celtics. And it's just like it completely broke. Um 
you know, you I you would have expected him to be more aggressive trying to get his shots, and he just was not. It was very let the game come to me, not I'm gonna take over this game. Yeah. And I feel like when we start what we learned is Kevin Durant is a guy that needs the right players around him to be great. He mm-hmm. is a NBA champion level guy on a great team. Okay. And another great example, somebody that looks a lot better today is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook looks up a lot better today because that was never a problem with the Oklahoma City Thunder because you had that guy with three rockets in his butt running around attacking the basket and making passes. Yeah. He was the defense couldn't just watch KD. You 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 double KD, he kicks at the Russ. Russ has four on three with his freak of nature athleticism. It's gonna be it's lights out. You can't do that yeah. with Russell Westbrook on the floor. He looks a lot better after this. A lot, a lot better. Where it's like, maybe both of them had their own issues. Like, you can't just blame it all on Russ because we saw KD win rings with Golden State. Let's talk about Golden State. Draymond Green. Steve Kerr, motion offense, easy passing, spacing. KD gets doubled in Golden State Warriors. He kicks it and they got like two other Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. You know, this is like they're dicing up the defense. Yeah. He's one of those guys that on a good team, good fits, he's amazing. He is a guy that can be your number one guy and an NBA champion, but he needs the right fit. Now, next year, Ben Simmons, the right fit. This team can win the NBA championship next year. That, that's the honest truth. I know you might disagree, Chris, but you know I think Ben Simmons is coming the back with a vengeance. And you know I don't need him to shoot. All you need him yeah. to do is go attack that rim, and you can't double because once he attacks the rim, he's just going to kick out to all the small guys and shooters. And what was their another weakness? They had nobody that could defend. He defends one through five. Yeah, he's one of the best defenders in the league. So uh, he he cures a lot of their problems. Um, so you know, I feel like never again can be compared to LeBron. Dear goodness, no, never. I mean, never. LeBron gets LeBron gets doubled. He's shredding you with passing. There's a reason why yeah. he doesn't get doubled like that. Because he, it's it's why why would you double Jokic? It's like he's just yeah. going to dissect you. Makes no sense. You're playing into his hand. Um, and uh, another thing is, I feel like Larry Bird benefits from this as well because. There was some people, KD versus Larry Bird. There was even that Bleacher Report thing, Larry Bird yeah. versus KD. You remember that? N- can't be a debate anymore. Larry Bird is cemented second greatest small forward of all time because the guy could pass the lights out the ball. Again, you double Larry Bird, you're leaning into one of his greatest strengths. Like, double him, please. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're going to let Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish get easy looks. Yeah. Like, like the. We have to start tearing Kevin Durant. You can't ever say, is he a top three player in the league? He's not better than Giannis, LeBron, James, and Jokic. I mean, not mm-hmm. Jokic, Embiid. You could yeah. have the conversation. I don't even know if he's better than Luka. It's it's a conversation between him, Steph, and Jokic. Where who's five, six, and you know. Yeah. I, 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 but it's just because 
It's so, it was really terrible to an extreme extent of the turnovers that they went through where it was just, I watched that game, man, and it looked like he could not dissect the double team at all. And I was so amazed mm-hmm. because he's he's like 34. And one of, and one of the things that I was watching during the season, I was like, man, when he's in flow, he makes good passes. It, it, whenever the pressure's on him, he just does not make good pre- passes out of it. It's a flaw and a weakness. And the Boston Celtics exposed his one and only flaw and weakness. Yeah. Um, you, you know, so I think we have to view Kevin Durant from a certain lens now where it's he's got to have the right teammates. A guy like CP3, he would flourish, right? He's just he needs the, the passing on passing player on the team and he can be highlighted. And that's what we've learned. And and I also there's a no, there's a few other great takeaways that I have from this this series. Um, which one do you, you you choose? Do I talk about the Boston Celtics first or uh, S- Steve Nash first? Steve Nash, because I want to join in on this. Oh my God! We made a list and we're checking it twice. We're Santa Claus. We made a head top head coaches list in the league right now because I was just bugging out about it. And Steve Nash was like twenty six. Um, 28, <laughs> 28 or 26. So basically, how do you know when you're stupid? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about the fact. You don't know if you're stupid. Yeah. You stupid is a stupid does, sir. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Steve Please. Nash is the Forrest Gump of basketball. Okay. Um. <laughs> Not the Forrest good. Gump, though. <laughs> Which is the most surprising thing ever, because the man was a basketball genius in this yes. playing time. I, I've never seen anything like this where it's this bad. So let's break it down here. Oh, you have Daniel Tice. Literally, game one, we talked about this. We had the podcast last Sunday. I was like, man, they made Daniel Tice look like Kevin McHale. I'm sure Steve Nash is going to figure out that he needs to play Blake Griffin at power forward and like Marcus Aldridge. Never did it for the rest of the series. Literally, literally, I watched the end of game three, Chris. Mm-hmm. Blake Griffin got in for his first minutes of the game. And he had like eight points in eight minutes. And it was like, yeah. oh my gosh. He looks so good on the floor. No shit. No. What, what are we talking about here? Exactly. You need size. You have the mini mouses. Everybody on the floor is smaller than Marcus Smart. Okay. You know what they did? It was like easy pickings. They just said, okay, Jalen Brown. Okay, Jason Tatum. You get to get guarded by Patty Mills. <laughs> You can go arrest <laughs> Seth Curry, not his brother. I mean, the brother, the discount Seth Curry, right? Yeah. <laughs> the brother version. Oh, yeah, you get guarded by old-ass Goran Dragic. Blake Griffin, when they get the switched. Kevin Durant never never had to guard him because they had two of them. They have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah. One of them is going to expose the mini Mouses that you have on the floor. Like, the Boston Celtics don't have anybody taller than 6'10", and they look like my... They look like... They, they, the Nets had such a small lineup that they literally looked, made them look like giants. It looked like the Monstars versus Monsters on yeah. the, the Space Jam movie. Like, that was... It was insanity. Like, how stupid. Like, there's a guy, six foot seven, 
Kessler Edwards. Strong-bodied. I was watching him during the regular season. I was like, man, that guy can defend. Man, that guy has a nice jump shot. Couldn't see the light a day on the floor. Oh, it doesn't make sense to rotate the only guy on your team that can guard, you know, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. No, I've never, I've never heard of a, such a thing guarding Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Why would we want to guard the best two players on the other team? I've just never heard of this thing called basketball before. Like, what are you doing, Steve Nash? Like, seriously. It was insanity. Oh, don't get me started on Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown playing the third most minutes in game one. Look at, like, what are we talking about here? He is, like, what is going on? He's six foot four. Who's he guarding? He's your power forward? Okay, thank you. That's buckets for the other team. He might have had some statistically good game scoring wise, but that's because he was open all the time because they're blitzing KD. Like, Bruce Brown, good job. Bruce Brown, go score. He literally couldn't do anything. It was terrible. And it reminds me a lot of a, a series where we did the greatest upsets of all time. And the r- series right away that I think of is when Jason Kidd was on the Dallas Mavericks the first go around before they beat the Miami Heat. And they lost the San Antonio Spurs. And they were the two seed. And the Spurs were the seven seed. And they played 36-year-old Jason Kidd 42, 43 minutes per game against prime Manu, prime Tony Parker, athletic as all get out, George Hill. Yeah, and they just said go, 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 eat on them. And the Dallas head coach didn't play Deshaun Stevenson, who was a major role player, and against the Miami Heat a few years later, just like the the Brooklyn Nets didn't play Kessler Edwards, didn't play the guy that just dear goodness needed to be on the floor. Like how stupid do you have to be, right? It's just Chris, Chris, it's atrociously bad. It's it's Frank Vogel ish, like. It, Frank Vogel and Steve Nash probably like have a wine club subscription for some stupidness where they're just like best friends, pen pals. I don't know, but seriously, that's my Steve Nash. He needs fired, like today. Nash. If they don't fire him, Steve Nash, dear God, gone. I don't, I, I don't care, gone. All right, you can, you can rant about Nash. So since you kind of just broke down, I'm just going to look at game plan, okay? As far as like coaching style, so that's what I'm gonna 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 really just focus on and try to zero in on as best as possible. So where I'm going with this is that the lack of defense that the Nets play looks very D'Antoni-ish, and you know D'Antoni used mm. to coach the Phoenix Suns, where you know Steve Nash won his two MVPs. Mm-hmm. Steve Nash really takes that and runs with it. They they mm-hmm. they tr- they they think that because they have KD and Kyrie that they can just outscore every team and mm-hmm. win games that way. They say that defense does not matter as much as you think it does. But in a <clears throat> series like this, where y- you have the disadvantage height wise, you have to have something else that you can add to that. They don't have a they have a lack of defense for one because they nobody can defend on the court. They don't have defense. They refuse to play Blake Griffin. You know what I'm saying? So now you have to... So now you can't fall back on your scoring ability because now you're being locked up because everybody is shorter. And, the, you know, they're they're being demoralized by, the by you know, not taller Boston Celtics, but they're being demoralized by the scoring power of the Boston Celtics and the defensive side of Boston, of the Boston Celtics. You're, mm-hmm. you can't, you're just... Get, your players are demoralized. Mm-hmm. You can't get them to... 
how do I say this? To take the next step. A lot of coaches have the ability to get to galvanize their guys and get them to take a step. It, we, I'm not necessarily seeing that because he, he, he really puts all his marbles on KD and Kyrie's scoring ability. It's not as, and anything that comes close to that is praised and put on the court. Mm-hmm. Bruce Brown has a couple good games, 36 yeah. minutes. It, but you, your game plan should be, okay, we need people who can defend. We don't need to let Daniel Tice have his way with us. Who the hell is Daniel Tice? We don't, right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Kessler. We don't need you – have, you have to be able to make adjustments. Yes. Big thing real quick, something else that I've seen in the playoffs, and I'm just going to just point to it real quick and then come back. Toronto and Utah. Right, I know they didn't play, but those two teams, those two coaches, Dick Nurse and Quinn Snyder, have mastered making adjustments on the fly. Yes, that's not a a, a quality that Steve Nash possessed. Dear goodness, no. And it's very mind boggling because, like you said, he was a basketball genius, damn yes. near when he played. So how do you not see that you're being carved up? I know. How do you not? How do you not see the problem? You don't. Okay, wait. I'm gonna play Blake Griffin a little bit. Give him eight minutes. He was when I was watching the game. I saw when Blake Griffin came in. Blake Griffin came in, hit two threes, was playing mm-hmm. defense, looking unstoppable almost. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, yeah. So where was this at all game? Like mm-hmm. you're not saying you can start bring him in off the bench. Fine, but you have to play this. He should. There's no reason that he's only getting eight minutes. There's no reason. There's no reason that a guy like Kessler Edwards that you pointed to who can shoot, defend, isn't getting any playing time, but yet you have mm-hmm. 6'4 and under getting all the minutes and being destroyed. Yes. There, it comes to my biggest takeaway from Steve Nash's time with the with the Nets, you know, if it, if, if it comes to an end, is that he lacks the ability to make adjustments. Yes. When, the going get, when his game plan does not work, the clipboard goes to flying. You know, you know the SpongeBob episode where it's like, "What's his name?" and then the whole thing starts burning down and running around. That's what goes mm-hmm. on when <laughs> when the game when Kyrie and KD can't drop fifty points apiece. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a guy immediately that comes to my head, and I never really bring him up during head coaching things because I'm not as high as everybody else on him. But Mark Jackson, I mean. One thing that guy can do is coach teams defensively. Yeah. They need it. One thing that guy can do is he was an amazing passer, one of the greatest passers ever to grace a basketball court. He's going to infuse some movement and passing and just professionalism, right? He has a standard, good human being, right away, glove fit for the Nets. Like they're going to win an NBA championship. Just because I know at least Mark Jackson's a. Middle of the road coach. You're I mean, not going to get Steve Nash, right? You know you're getting a, at least an average NBA coach. And I feel like if you're the Nets, you need something solid. So I, I would take him. I would take him. I'd pay him enough money and move away from ESPN. Yeah. One other thing I've seen is that they're not like the top tier teams in the NBA. We've really been like blinded by the scoring ability for sure. Is mm-hmm. because they lack emotion offense. They, they like nobody moves. There's no movement. Connected. They're yeah. 
is is that that as well? There's nobody moves. Everybody just waits mm-hmm. for Kyrie and KD to okay. Wait, are they going to drop fifty tonight? Wait a second, can I get the ball? It's just like kind of like that. It's just mm-hmm. everybody just waits around and just sees what's going to mm-hmm. happen. There's no motion yeah. offense. The, the game doesn't work that way right now. Like we we see yeah. amazing passing skill, amazing passing all over the league right now. You know, I've seen yeah. even Utah run really good motion offense, but the Brooklyn Nets really just put everything into Katie and Kyrie dropping 50 a night. That's really yeah. what they, that's really what they do. Mm-hmm. They just, okay, they're going to drop 50 every night or close to yeah. it. Yeah. And we're going to win games. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, then, then everything's burning down. I can't make adjustments. I don't see that, you know, everybody is short <clears throat> on the court. <laughs> I don't know and, how. <laughs> <laughs> It's called Jason a ruler. Is, <laughs> right. Jason Tatum's just looking over everybody's head, shooting the ball. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. Are you ready to transition to the team that's actually winning this series? Yeah. Me first or you first? I think because I took the Nets, you should go first on the Boston Celtics. I'm going to have a lot of fun with this one. We are watching the birth of a Hall of Fame NBA coach. Udoka, I think his first name's Ime, Ipe, Ime, something with an I. I think it's Ime. Uh, Ime Udoka is somebody that is special as a coach. I mean, did, did he win this? Like, he is winning by the coaching battle by 50 gazillion miles. The distance between Chris and I is the difference between Steve Nash's and Ime Udoka's coaching battle and we live in texas <laughs> and ohio okay yeah. um the reason why is he was like okay you just want to run your stuff through kd all right i'm gonna blitz him what are you gonna do oh you're just you're gonna sit there and let me just double team him all game not gonna make him move off ball once you're not gonna you know not make him dribble the ball up the court most of the times Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh, you're just gonna you're just gonna put the mighty mouses on the floor. I'm just gonna beat you with size and length. Okay, you can really let me do that. Okay, stick right to it. Doesn't yeah. doesn't negate from that. And another thing, right off the bat, is there's a lot of structural things that I have been made me low in the Boston Celtics for a while. First things first. Um, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum never really seem to find chemistry on the floor where they like gel well together. Ime Oduka has done a little thing that I don't think many people have noticed. Jalen Brown's initiating offense from the top of key a lot, and Jason Tatum's initiating offense from the wing. The lot of their old issues would they would always initiate from the wing. It's a little thing most NBA people, NBA fans are not going to notice that made me think, yeah. oh, because Paul George and Kawhi, they're both initiating from the wing. All right, they negate they negate each other. Jalen Brown has been running a lot of top of the key actions. Yeah. I love to see that. First things first, right off the bat, where did Jason Tatum, the top five defender in top ten defender in the league, come from? Right. J- let's be honest and blunt about this. Jason Tatum was a liability defensively. Mm-hmm. For every year of his career, I have never, ever, 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 ever seen a jump from one year to the next 
defensively like this. You yeah. never see somebody like this come out of nowhere. Jason Tatum is a force defensively now. He's a legitimate 3 and D guy now. And dear goodness, is does that have Ime Adoka written all over it? It's 2 plus 2. That thing didn't happen with Brad Stevens. Ime Adoka was the changing thing factor in this. Because I'm going to tell you exactly what he thought. He gets, he gets his team right. Okay, Robert Williams, good defender. Marcus Smart, one defensive player of the year. Jalen Brown, great defender. Man, if I can get Jason Tatum to play some defense, this team can be scary defensively. That's mm-hmm. where it is. Imodoka looked at that and I was like, that's going to be a really big strength of my team. And now Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can score consistently. I'm going to use them in different positions. And Marcus Smart. Oh, I have been negative on him for so long offensively, and I am glad to be wrong. Because you know what Ime Udoka has done? He's told, I know, I, there's no way he has had this conversation. All right, Marcus, do you want to be on a winning team? Oh, yeah, you do. Okay, cool. Don't shoot more than six shots a game and play within yourself and actually work on becoming the best passer that you possibly can, and we can be a good team. Yeah. Tell me that's not what Marcus Smart is right now. That's exactly what he is right now. How many times have we seen in playoff series in previous years where he got a little too high on himself and shot them out of games? Oh, for sure. So now what happens? All the shots are going to the people who deserve the shots, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Now what happens? This Boston Celtics team is reaching a peak that should scare everybody. They're a contender. Yeah. They are a can- NBA championship legitimate contender. And Ime Udoka is a legitimate top 10 coach in the NBA already. And if you do not have a top 10 guy, he is going to coach circles around you. Yeah, it, We are witnessing the birth of a Hall of Fame NBA coach. And it's beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm so glad I'm wrong because I love the way they play basketball. Everything is optimized, Chris, and it's so impressive to see. And that's my takeaway from the Boston Celtics. I couldn't agree more. There's been such a jump within this team between Brad Stevens and Ime Udoka. Um, because remember, I think when we did our top 10, we refused to put the Boston Celtics anywhere near those. T- anywhere, Every time we did it, we refused to put the mm-hmm. Boston Celtics anywhere near that list. But we've been proven mm-hmm. wrong. Look, I'm going to say it right now. We're right. 90% of the time, but 10%, mm. we a little bit off. <laughs> yes. And Boston Celtics were our 10%. Because, honestly, yes. going to the series, I was thinking Boston. Jason was thinking Nets. You know what I mean? Yes. But, I, you know, there wasn't truly any, like, anything really jumping out. I was just more on the side that I don't think KD can carry. I don't think he's going to be able to do it. You know, that's really, mm-hmm. really kind of drove me toward the Boston Celtics. But as I watched the series and actually analyze it now, from a you know from a fan perspective and from a podcast perspective, this team is amazing. It is mm-hmm. they're legitimately a contender. They have exactly what you need formula wise to win it all. Mm-hmm. Like literally, they have become probably possibly sneakily one of the greatest defensive teams right now because they got it because they had they can guard one through five. They yeah. legitimately can. Mm-hmm. One through five. They have good production off the bench, good production from their starters. Marcus Smart is playing amazing right now. I mean, yes. like, just exactly. This is the just, best version of him we've ever seen. 
in the past, I have always wondered, where does Marcus Smart fit? Like, yeah, he's really Mm -hmm. scrappy. He plays defense. But where does he fit offensively? I was always trying to figure that out. And now I know exactly where. He's he's a great passer. He, he that's where that's his bread and butter. He passes so well, and then if you leave him and don't respect him enough, he's going to carve you up. He's going to carve you up. He's going to give you buckets, and he's done that a couple times in this series. But he, his bread and butter is his passing ability. I think in the and during the season, their problem they had a chemistry problem. I think it was they were saying mm-hmm. along the lines that how are we supposed to win the game when everybody wants to ISO? Mm-hmm. That's not a problem anymore. I think Marcus Smart made that comment. He was like, how are we going to win the game when everybody wants to ISO? You had a comment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so like, n- that's not a problem anymore because now the ball is moving so effortlessly between Jason Tatum, Jason Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just having their way right now during the series. And I think they're going to continue to have their way all the way to a possible NBA Finals matchup. Mm-hmm. It's just It looks that great right now. And this is yeah. definitely, I can agree more. This is definitely the birth of a Hall of Fame coach. I can't wait to see what the rest of this, what the rest of these playoffs entail for the Boston Celtics. I mm-hmm. right now, I'm I'm going to change it. I, I see them in Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think that there's a team out there besides the Bucks that might be able to stand up to them. And you know, I'm I'm glad. I feel like this is a natural segue, and then we'll hit other games. Is we can talk quickly about the Bucks Bulls series, and we can transition to that uh, next game, which is going to be the Boston Celtics versus the Bucks. And um, the Bucks versus the Bulls. One thing that I saw that I didn't like about the Bulls, and I know you're going to talk a little differently about a different individual player, but I feel like Billy Donovan lost some of my love a little bit because. DeMar DeRozan's a mid-range guy, right? Amazing off-ball mover for mid-range. Amazing shot creator in the mid-range. Gets to his spots in the mid-range. And I see Zach Levine getting forced to run the same stats sets as DeMar DeRozan. What I mean by that is DeMar DeRozan will come off-ball and get right at the free-throw line mm-hmm. after, after catching the ball. They put Zach Levine in the same position. They'll be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like a lot of they recycle the sets. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Zach Levine's a three point, put me at the top of the key, let me ISO, run a pick and roll, and try to create from something three or dunk at the rim. Right? He's not really playing Zach Levine at the highest point because he's trying to have DeMar and Zach Levine run the same things. And it's just stupid to me, honestly. So. I feel like he could be doing better in that, but the Bulls are under-equipped for the Bucks right now. And also... Definitely. Giannis Antetokounmpo is making his case for the best player in the league. Um, I watched a game where he had 32-17-7. and seven. Um, Dear goodness, Chris. Yeah, that's crazy. He, he has perfected the defensive manipulation. You used to be able to build a wall, gimmicky defenses. It's like drive pass, fake drive pass, fake pass, drive. It's like all these head fakes, body movements. He just has mastered how to... He he plays the game within the game now. He has mastered how to manipulate the defense to pass the ball, even though he may not be a great three-point shooter. Does he shoot it sometimes when he's open? Yes. Right? That's that's That at least keeps him people respecting it a little bit. He'll sometimes hit a nice little mid-range shot. It's developing a little bit, right? 
He has that fadeaway, developing a little bit, but nobody's going to be able to do anything with his size and length at the rim. So, I think Giannis is one of those guys that he might be, he's a top three legitimately stamped, you can't be outside of the top three guy in the NBA right now. Um, So special. Anything you want to say about this series before we move? Yeah, my biggest takeaway from this series so far is that the Bulls miss Lonzo. Yes. They miss Lonzo a lot. Lonzo does things on the court that they're just missing. Okay, not saying that Caruso doesn't have the ability at the point guard position. I've seen him make a couple sweet passes. You know, I see him see the floor because he is a point guard. But defensively, Caruso can kind of match up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But just having... Not saying that DeRozan and... Levine aren't leaders. I, I definitely see those qualities within them, but mm-hmm. when I see Lonzo, I see more of a LeBron level of that. So infectious uh, you, with his style get, of play. Mm-hmm. You see where I'm getting at? Like I see more of yeah. a LeBron level where he kind of he doesn't just lead; he makes everybody better. He makes three through twelve on the team better on the roster. And that's what they're missing. I don't. I mean, mm-hmm. like. In the beginning, during the beginning of the season, I was we were really big on the Bulls. Right about that, for sure. Yes. But really, is what's really taking them and not making this a close enough series is the fact that they missed Lonzo. Yeah. Levine can score. You're going to get buckets from Levine. You're going to get buckets from Rosen. You're going to get production mm-hmm. from Caruso. But when you can't get the 3 through 12 to just go how you want them to go and to maximize potential then you're going to fall short mm-hmm. not saying they like they have Vucevic you know what I mean so he's kind of t- I think he's taller than Giannis right not as athletic yes. but he's taller for sure he can definitely shoot can stretch the floor you know what I mean they have a lot of tall guys with the Bucks. they have beat the Bucks during the se- they're in the season you know with Lonzo on the floor but they're missing that element right now of just making everyone better and making the play infectious and fun it seems like how do I get to this? It, I mean, like, they're scoring well. You know, they paid a lot of money for these guys, but they're just—it's just not clicking like it, like it did, like it did with Lonzo on the court. So that's mm-hmm. just my biggest takeaway from this. Like on the Bulls side, is that they just miss Lonzo. They like mm-hmm. when Lonzo comes back, this team look, will look totally different than they do right now. And mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of people, you can't throw this team away yet because they're not fully—they're not at full power. I mean, like, we don't know how Vucevic might decline. You know, he is getting a little bit older. Um, but as long as they can stay within this realm and add Lonzo to that, they could they could still make a run for the playoffs again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Bucks side, is I mean, like I said before, you kind of know what you're going to get with the Bucks. I like I, I had the Bulls winning if they had Lonzo, but I'm more on the side of the Bucks because I just I mean, like the scoring power of the Bulls. Is nothing. It's not nothing to you know blink an eye at, um, but the, I mean, I mean, it is something to blink an eye at. Is what I mean. Um, but the Bucks just have it defensively. They have it offensively. They've actually been able to maximize the talent of 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 a guy who I thought was going to end up out of the NBA very soon, Grayson Allen. Um, he he's really taking on that Bryn Forbes kind of role right now, like yeah. Bryn Forbes last year, who mm-hmm. he's just like. I can shoot the three very well. Um, yeah. Grayson Allen does that so well that it's hard to 
it's hard to pick your poison. Because you either going to let Giannis run, jump, dunk, Antetokounmpo dunk all over you and carve you up with this passing. Or Grayson Allen, who now starts, is going to not, is going to, once he sees one goes in, go in, I can't believe I'm saying this, it's like automatic from there. Yeah. And then you have to worry about Drew Holiday. Chris Middleton is out right now, but adding Grayson Allen into that, that is like the ultimate adjustment right there. Because now mm-hmm. you have shooting, you may not have the driving ability and the, you know, the dribble penetration ability of Chris Middleton, but you have the shooting ability times like I would say maybe two. And in Grayson Allen. Yeah, I um I completely agree with you that uh it's an interesting dynamic. Um I was just looking up because I know we're gonna talk about this next. And the thing that we're gonna talk about next is Celtics versus Bucks round two. Let's talk about it. What did they? What did it look like? Where am I leaning? Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Middleton was out for two weeks, two days ago. So he might be back game one. It depends because they're gonna they're gonna kick him. You know, game five. It'll probably be four days, mm-hmm. and that'll be some some series will probably go game seven. I can't think of one right now. Actually, will any series go game seven games? Maybe hmm. Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies, but that's on the west side, though. Yeah, I, I'm the Pelicans. Suns could go pretty far because uh, now they don't have D book. So yeah, um, it depends on how many games are played and how many games they get the rest. Um, it, it might be he might be back game one or at least game two. Game two, game one. Um, I wouldn't even say that Middleton does add something to the Bucks, but I would say that he would be the difference maker in that series. Mm. The difference maker would be one Giannis Antetokounmpo. With Giannis on the floor, the Celtics have an undersized, a very extremely undersized team. When when it, when you put him against Giannis, and what he's gonna do, in my opinion, is He's going to torture Robert Williams the third. I, I mean, defender. like he's a great defender, but it's just Giannis is taller. Um, I think he might even be stronger. Um, yes, I think that <clears throat> that it's just going to be it's going to come down to their matchup because I think everywhere else, where normally where the bread and butter would be, would be like the Bucks have a great defensive ability. They have Giannis. They can score offensively. They can they can really run through teams. You're not going to run through the Celtics because they're on the level of defensively of the Bucks right now. You know, because they can guard one through. You would say they're better defensively. Yeah, I would say it's close. It's debatable. I would say it's close, depending on who plays. I would say it's close. I would say uh, if it was PJ Tucker still there, I would lean to pretty close. Yeah, defense does win games. But I, w- I would probably, I would say that I, I can't lean either way until I see the first game, how the first game plays out. But I would mm-hmm. say that Giannis will be the biggest dif- difference maker because, like I said, the Celtics are close defense. They're cl- like, it's like a little bit of, they're close defensively. They're really close defensively to the to the Bucks to the Bucks level yeah. of defense. Um, and then they have that high scoring output that they can reach as well with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum firing on all cylinders. I just... I think that'll be a really close series. It, it, it could go seven games. Yeah, when I when I think about this series, I think about the fact that 
Um, Brooke Lopez is going to space out. So either Al or Robert's going to be one-on-one, which scares me. Um, and the positives for the Celtics is you have two guys defensively. You can throw a Chris Middleton and your best defender matches up really well with Drew Holiday. And yeah. Drew Holiday might be able to guard Jalen Brown, which is going to be an interesting matchup. I think he's tall enough to guard him. Um, and strong enough to guard Jalen Brown. So I think he's going to be able to guard him and make a difference there. Uh, nobody's really going to be able to guard Jason Tatum, but Giannis is going to be able to roam. And that's where things yeah. become interesting because he's just such a special defender and just he's such a space eater. And, um, you know, normally I would be like, man, the Celtics negate a lot of the things the Bucks do, but the Celtics have no answer for Giannis. Just yeah. none. He's too tall, too big. I th- I think the I th- I'm gonna choose the Bucks to win the next series, and them going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, yeah, yeah, that's my takeaway. I I can I, I'll lean either way, but I have to see how that first game is played. But I can mm. see exactly where you're coming from with that because, like I said, like John, like it wouldn't be Chris Middleton would be the biggest thing. Chris Middleton coming back like as a level of scoring for sure, no problem with that. Mm. But the problem, glaring problem in everybody's face is that when Giannis is on the floor, everybody else is way smaller. Yeah, that's the biggest problem. And they the, the height matchup, they have the spacing, and the and the, the height matchup wouldn't work anymore with you know whichever position Giannis plays. If he plays mm. power forward or center, which probably will play center, it, it. I mean, like yeah, Robert Griffin. I mean, Robert Williams the third, great defender. But it's just it's a love it's levels it's levels mm-hmm. and Giannis is is steps above and I don't yeah. think that I think that that's Giannis could if he has big games this the series will go I mean like it can go either way but I think that Giannis having a couple big games will really cement this series in the Bucks' favor. Yeah, yeah. I think I think as long as Chris Middleton gets back by game two, I'm choosing Bucks. If he gets back game three, the Boston Celtics are going to win. Um, so let's move on to the other games in the East. Uh, we got, uh, 76ers Raptors. Any takeaways? Nick nurse, great adjustments. Um, I will give it to, I will give it to game planning of the Toronto Raptors that this series could be stretched. Mm. Even though they were, they just won one game. They were down three L. Um, and they refuse to live at lose on the home court. They have a secret weapon. Their secret weapon is height. Mm-hmm. During that game that they won, they ran all forwards. Everybody mm-hmm. was six, seven, and up. That can get scary. Especially when you're the 76ers, when you know, like Joel Embiid is not going to be at his best, but he's still going to try to play through because it's just a thumb. Um, even with the mm-hmm. thumb, he was still, you know, producing <clears throat> well. But the the Toronto Raptors, I think, with that lineup, could could cause problems. Could could definitely cause problems. Even Scotty Barnes, he had injury as well, but you know, he's rookie of the year. Um, he you know, he played through it. I think he had like six points or something like that. But mm-hmm. It's 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 that lineup. I think I think game plan could could stretch this series a little bit further. I don't think that the Toronto Raptors are ready to just to let, roll over and die just yet. I think mm-hmm. they have an. I think they have that. Le- they have another level they can hit with that lineup. 
Yeah, I I would say that you know Nick Nurse is just top ten coach in the league, and he might even be top five. Um, I think it's over. I think I think it's going to be over either this game or the next game. It's going to be one of them, and um, you know it's it's a great coaching job with this team because the Raptors are a good team, but they're not a great team, and they got to the five seed, and I, I feel like the Seventy Sixers are going to go to round two. And face the winner between the Heat and the Atlanta Hawks. Do you have anything else you want to say before we transition? Seventy six. I was looking at the box score for that, and I was trying to really just understand really where the Seventy Sixers went wrong. Um, I know James Harden had like twenty two. I think Joel Embiid had like twenty five. But I mm. think that was the biggest problem between that series and a lot of series that's going to really just change the direction of series is bench production. Um, because at some point the stars do have to come out, so you have to depend. I think their bench was like all in single digits. I, mm-hmm. I believe so. And I think that the Raptors bench had. I think Gary Trent. I think he really showed up for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's an interesting one. What's your takeaways from the Heat and the Hawks? Um, Heat and Hawks. The Heat are surprising me. Um, not because c- coming into the, into this playoff, I really wasn't. I was like, I think the Hawks could win it. I wanted the Hawks to win it. But the Heat are looking like like they deserve that one seed. Like, for sure. Yeah. Like, they, they're they they're looking like legitimately like, like, a, like one of the top five teams in the East right now. Like, legitimately. I mean, they're, yeah, they're playing Atlanta Hawks, and but like, they're Atlanta's just not getting the production that they need from everybody not named Trey Young. That's really their problem. Like last 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 playoffs, they really were able to maximize and get production everybody. from everybody. They're not getting that this this series at all, and they're mm. they're looking at a they're looking at an exit very very soon. Yeah, I think the Miami Heat are just too are in a different league than the Hawks. I know some people are going to talk about the Hawks uh, being a fluke from last year, but I, you know, you have to really understand basketball and listen to our podcast to understand that one. So, yeah, um, what do you have between the Heat and the Seventy Sixers now after seeing most around one? If Joel isn't healthy. I, I I will I will commit on this. If Joel isn't healthy, I have the 76ers beating the Heat. Same. I I think I think Joel beats the matchup problem, and James Harden is gonna be an, at least twenty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maxi's at least fifteen. Tobias is at least fifteen, right? Averaging throughout the series, so they yeah. just have too much scoring. Uh, for the Heat, sadly, Kyle Lowry is just not the same guy. If you watch him play, you're like, "Yeah, he fell off a cliff." Um, yeah. So, 76ers versus Bucks. Now, this is something that I want to press pause. This 76ers versus Bucks, is something that I think the NBA needs. Guess why, Chris? Oh, to let everybody know that Joel Embiid is legitimate. And let everybody know who the best player in the NBA is. Truly is, yeah. Because we're going to get to see Giannis and Embiid battle. In the playoffs. It's going seven. It's going to be an amazing series. 
Um, because Giannis, big body. He's not bigger than Embiid. You know what I mean? That's a lot of size. Their backup is Andre Drummond, right? No, Andre Drummond is for the Nets. Yeah. They have uh, DeAndre Jordan back there and another yeah. center. I can't think of something less named Neto or something like that. I, I can't yeah. think of his name. But I think that it's just going to be a really, really, really interesting matchup, and they're just going to go to battle. And you you said, who do you have? Uh, with um, 76ers Bucks? Mm-hmm. I'm leaning toward the 76ers now. If we can get a healthy Joel Embiid, I'll lean toward the 76ers. That Drew Holiday James Harden matchup has me thinking about this in depth. Yeah. Because that is a great defender against James. Um, but that means somebody else has a guard Maxi. And that somebody else might be Grayson Allen. So Yeah. Uh, called so, ankles broken. This series, in my opinion, wholeheartedly. It's another series that really break, comes down to the center battle. It, it's going to come down to the battle between Giannis and Joel Embiid. Who's better? Who's more unstoppable? And the way Joel Embiid has been played this season and this in these playoffs, I'm throwing it to the 76ers. My only gripe is when they pull away Embiid with Brooke Lopez, who's guarding the rim? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the 76ers. Game seven, amazing series. Alright. Let's transition to the West. Okay. Suns versus Pelicans takeaways. Very, very interesting series right now because yes. the Pelicans are doing a lot more than what I thought was possible with this team that they have um currently. Yeah, we I was, you know, we know CJ McCollum's going to give you, but BI is stepping out right now. He's really going to step into the limelight. He's really going to be shown and shown yes. off properly now cuz he's cause they mm-hmm. made some playoffs. They're going to see him. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to pay that man. Um yeah. But the Suns were looking very great. Very 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 great. The problem now is that Booker isn't playing. This the Suns lack in ways because they don't have a lot of shot creation outside of D book, especially mm-hmm. from that distance. Um but then the Pelicans do. So the, I, I mean, I, how was the series? You're watching it right now. How how is the, how is the game going right now? Is it over? Uh, the Pelicans are up by four, um, 67-63. It's Third close. quarter, forty four minutes and thirty six seconds left. It's it's close. It's very close. Mm-hmm. So this is how I break it down. If the Pelicans, which I don't know if it's possible, if they can make a jump. They could take the series. They'll, it'll be a great upset. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing series. Um, the 
major takeaway is this is an extreme head coaching gap. I, I disagree with the lineup that the Pelicans have out there. Devontae Graham should be the guard next to CJ McCollum. They don't need to overdo it with Trey Murphy and um, Herb Jones at the four position. They just they're overdoing it. You can rotate in those forwards. Um, you need more a little more shot creation from the perimeter to make the difference here. Uh, and Devonte Graham brings that, and I disagree with the head coach. And I think the head coach is getting ran around circles right now. And my other takeaway is Monty Williams is another guy that we're watching grow. I think he's a top five head coach in the NBA right now, and we're watching Easily. another another Hall of Fame NBA coach come up here. I mean, I turned on that that first game without Devin Booker, and I was expecting to watch the Pelicans really. Just be like, wow, this is going to be an upset, and it's going to be great. The Pelic- the Suns were running some crazy sets, ball movement. Nothing stopped. Everything was moving. It was just beauty, legitimate beauty. That that um, what's his name again? Head coach for the Suns, Monty Williams. Monty Williams was doing, and I think. DeAndre Ayton is a little more skilled in the post than I gave him credit for. He's really developed down there, down there, and can give you consistent buckets. Um, and I, I think CJ and Bi are good. They just, you know, they can do whatever they do on any team. And I just don't think the head coach is that good to take advantage of those guys and play them as one. Uh, so. I'm going to say something surprising. I think the Suns will win this series. And I, I think we're going to walk away. Some people are going to be like, wow, CP3 is amazing. No, Monty Williams is amazing. Yeah. Um, and so I, I I just, it's just, it's it's a coaching clinic right now. He might be the next Greg Popovich mm. in the sense of Monty Williams, the Suns, they do all the details Every little thing that can be done to perfect everything is done. An example of this is Cat the other night um, chased the ball out of bounds, and he didn't have to, and he turned over the ball, and he grabbed it, and his foot was on the line. Mm-hmm. Something Greg Popovich would have taught him and coached him out of day one. You do not chase the ball when you don't need to. Yeah. Little things like that, Monty Williams players never, you never see a Suns player make a mistake where like, man, what were you thinking? No, everybody's thinking. That's yeah. when you know it's just he is highly detailed. And he might be the next Greg Pop, legitimately. He he might be that guy. So we're witnessing the birth. I know some people might be thinking CP3 is faking me. No, I've seen CP3 fake people out of thinking they're great head coaches. This is not that. This is yeah. different. It, it's it's just beauty that Monty Williams. It's 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 a guy who's stepping into the Hall of Fame head head coach. And there's another guy in another series that's stepping into this lane as well. Um, I think the Suns are going to take it in the seven. Suns in seven. Yes. Mm, I'm gonna stick with the pills. Pills and seven. Okay. Yeah, they do have more talent. It's just it's Monty is gonna is putting on a clinic right now. So I will say my, though, it will come down to that coaching battle though. They yeah. they can we, like like you said, the CJ McCollum and Bi can do the same thing they're doing right now on any team. Mm-hmm. But it's just what can you do to maximize the guys around them in order to mm-hmm. win the series. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's Monty Williams. 
All right, you ready for this? The most weirdest series that the NBA playoffs made is Dallas versus Utah. I mean, Chris, let's talk about it. Can I say <laughs> something real first. quick? Go first. That game was really close, but it really came down to the bench. Jay- Jordan Clarkson, legitimately, I take back everything I said. <laughs> he won them 20- the game. 25 points off the bench. Mm-hmm. 25. 25 off the bench. The rest of the the Dallas Mavericks, oh, everybody st- starting, great game. Bench, terrible game. The bench won the game for them. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that Rudy Gobert, you know, lob dunked it. Ooh, God. Um, I don't care. I don't care about Gobert, okay? Gobert sucks. Tired of Gobert. When Gobert doesn't play, when Gobert, when they run the small ball lineup, that's what kept him in the game, actually. Gobert not being on the floor kept him in the game. Quinn Snyder, <laughs> one of the most underrated head coaches in the NBA. I, he's top 10. When they ran that small ball lineup with Thad Young, mm-hmm. that's when they were like, they were looking legit. Not saying that I'm a Utah fan now, because fuck no. Never. <laughs> You know who needs fired? <laughs> that GM. He's on some Frank Vogel and Steve Nash shit. Okay, yeah. let's talk about it. Anybody that pays Rudy Gobert the max, get lost. All right, you can keep it going. <laughs> no, I'll never be a Utah fan. <laughs> but just just looking at that series is that it can become very interesting. Mm-hmm. If I mean, it was very close to these. So that just means that these teams are evenly matched when they're at full power. Mm-hmm. Um. It's really going to break down to a bench battle now. If Jordan Clarkson can consistently pro- can consistently produce, which he has shown that he can on some on some level, and the bench will not cannot and the Dallas bench cannot step up to that, Luca will have to have monster games to overcome. Mm-hmm. Because when you have the starters in, you know what I mean. You might get 25, 30. You I thought you were talking mean? about Jalen Brunson. My bad, Luka Doncic. Okay. <laughs> 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 you have Luca and Jalen Brunson. They're going to give you like they can give you like twenty five, thirty. You know, Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson gave him forty one. Gave him forty one. Um, oh but God. if your bench comes in and they can only give you two to six points, then then you then you don't have a great overall team. Mm. You need to beat the Utah Jazz. You have to have at least one through six. Right mm. now, they have it, literally legitimately one through five. <laughs> Um, but possibly, but they, they definitely gave them a run for their money. I still have Dallas winning this series. Um, I'm not giving up on that point. I, I don't see Utah making it out of the first round right now. Um, cause they have Gobbert. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy because I chose the Utah jazz. Cause like Luca's not playing who knew Jalen Brunson was going to go, that's one of the craziest things. Like, this NBA playoffs has been insane. Like, who knew Jalen Brunson was going to lose his mind and match Donovan Mitchell by shot by shot game two and three? I, who? No, I can't name one person that would have guessed that. And that person's a liar. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's what it is. Um, an- another guy. Another guy that we're witnessing grow into a Hall of Fame head coach is Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd had his lumps, right? I read uh, Giannis's book, uh, 
audiobook and one of the things they talked about was Jason Kidd and he like rode everybody way too hard and made people ran on run on Christmas like like lunatic of like di- dictator I guess of a leader you know what I mean but like a basketball genius he's kind of must have figured out the dictator you know in him kind of quieted a little bit and then he's been able to show his basketball genius so yeah. now we're witnessing the greatness of Jason Kidd uh, another guy as a Hall of Fame head coach because he made Rudy Gobert unplayable and he just attacked him and he won. He took the Utah Jazz 2-1 without Luka Doncic. I thought that would never happen in a million years, but Jason Kidd did it because he game planned the heck out of that game and he deserves another guy, top 10 head coach. Yeah. Already cemented. He's up there and Another little side note. He must have been doing some underhanded things with Frank Vogel was there. Be like, oh, you want to put it? Oh, that guy? <laughs> but you thought. Like- <laughs> 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 oh, I was waiting on that one. Frank Vogel slander would never end. Um, yeah. And uh, right now it's just. Jason Kidd, I'm going to agree with you. I, I had the Utah Jazz winning because I thought basketball was reasonable and Jalen Brunson <laughs> was not a god. Um, and Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks are going to win this series. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they can get... taking the next two. Easy. Yeah. And they're going to... Can we both agree that they're going to get slapped by the healthy Suns? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, without D-Book, it's interesting. Yeah. Because Luka is... A, different tier of player than bi and cj um so we're gonna have to analyze that as the series comes closer um but we both have the suns still going the western conference finals agreed yeah okay we can get a healthy d book yes all right let's go to the blowout in the three six region it's called the golden state warriors uh pool party uh against the denver nuggets as the denver nuggets faithful on this podcast uh let's you go first congratulations on winning one game <laughs> damn it um i'm so sad uh because like i'm a i'm a hang i'm gonna be a hanger with the nuggets okay i know that the nuggets are not gonna win this series but i just want to nope. put it out there that we had jamal murray totally different series facts <laughs> lies um <laughs> This, this Gold State team is just running circles around us right now. I mean, they had us in the first half, and in the first half again, and in the first half again, the other half, all four quarters. <laughs> <laughs> is that how it works? <laughs> I just feel like we just don't have enough. No. then We don't. The nope. Nuggets, I mean, not the Nuggets, the Gold State Warriors have been, always will be, into the future, twenty years down the line, and overpower team. They they did mm-hmm. they're coached so well, mm-hmm. and they're they're built so well. They legitimately have at least one through ten, legitimately. Yeah, it's it's scary for the rest of the NBA. I, listen, yes. I, I'm just gonna put it out there. Go State Warriors to the NBA Finals again this year. I it's the their Grizz- championship to lose. Grizzlies can't even... I don't think the Grizzlies are ready to face that monster. <laughs> Bro, they're having trouble with the Timberwolves. Like, what are you talking about? 
yeah. oh this is how a team plays actually together oh okay my bad <laughs> yeah it's just, yeah they, they, they're not ready to face the monster that is golden state so no I, i'm gonna say golden state to the nba finals and it's their championship to lose yeah I couldn't agree with you more. This is, I mean, we talked about it earlier. I have talked about it multiple times, the greatest three-guard rotation of all time. And I talked about that death lineup before they played it. And now they're playing it. It's like has these ridiculous stats on it. So, I mean, they're just so unbeatable. It's insane. Um, and let's talk about the uh, last series. Minnesota versus... Uh, Minnesota versus... Memphis, your takeaways. Anybody that jumps ship, stay over there. <laughs> yeah. Keep keep that same energy. Stay over there. Oh! <laughs> Are you calling out your uh, brother, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that you jumps ship. You know something funny? What? You know something funny? Every single time he gets posted on a TikTok video, people comment, Is that Draymond Green? Like, what? <laughs> I honestly don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see Draymond Green when I look at your brother, but apparently the world does. Yeah, I don't see that either. <laughs> I think we look more alike than anything. But but since yeah. I grew my hair out, we probably don't look as much alike anymore. But when I had my hair shorter, we probably were damn near twins. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is, in the words of John Morant, um, if you jump ship, keep that same energy. Stay over there. We don't stay over there. Yeah. I, for one... No matter what may happen in this series, I will remain faithful to Gliz- to Grizzly Nation. <laughs> Did no you matter say what, Grizzly Nation? <laughs> I know I said Grizzly Nation. No matter what, I will stay faithful to Grizzly Nation. Even though John may score 11, I'm still going to be a Grizzly forever. This entire Dude. series. I'm going to live and die with the ship. <laughs> Cat ain't gonna drop 34 every game. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. Yeah, this this uh the series would be closer if they didn't have another Looney Tune head coach. Chris Finch (laughs) is uh a top five worst coach in the NBA. Oh, Chris, good question. Chris, good question. Why why do you think that? Oh, do do the Minnesota Timberwolves have three good players on their team? Yeah. Legitimately. Cat Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Lustrell seem like three good players. Mm-hmm. Uh so you know basketball, right, Chris? To an extent, yes. Name me one good reason that within the first two minutes of a quarter, you should have with two minutes within the first fourth once in the fourth quarter. You should have neither Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, or Anthony Edwards on the floor. What? In the playoff series. Hold on. High school coaches know this. You always, <laughs> you always keep your best players on the floor. Especially in a they have game. three! It's not that hard! <laughs> you literally have three options. Like, it's, it's stupid proof. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. I swear to God, Chris. And then they rotated a cat and didn't even put one of the guards in. Until like another me? two minutes. And then they put it like D-Lo. And then another I mean, one minute and they put Ant. I understand everybody's not Iron Man like LeBron. 
But LeBron sits out for literally two minutes and hops back up. Like, okay, we gotta we gotta get back in the game. <laughs> it's 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 atrocious. It's four guys on that team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, that are good NBA playoff players. It's Pat Bev, D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, and Cat versus their head coach. Um, yeah. And I honestly think if you had Monty on that sideline, I would go Timberwolves. Yeah. Um, it's just it's it's just. You know, Jenkins is not a top 10 NBA coach in the league, but he's like 14 or 15, right? He's an yeah. average guy. And he's coaching circles around Finch because Finch is um, a uh, not my favorite guy. So let's just get straight to it. I mean, dear goodness, Chris, it's it's bad. Um, so I'm going to go Grizzlies. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay the Grizzlies course, and I'm thinking that they are going to pull off the series and get to get translated into the Golden State Warriors uh, Invitational. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is the rest of the Western Conference playoffs. Yeah. All right. So we have the Warriors versus the 76ers in the NBA Finals. Who wins? Warriors. It goes six, Warriors. Because of Embiid. Because who's guarding Embiid? Small ball. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Embiid yeah. has an amazing series, and we all look at him, and we'll look... Oh, he's gonna be—he's the, the greatest player in the NBA. And if if Giannis makes it, and he loses against the Warriors, we're gonna look at him the exact same way. One yeah. of those two guys are gonna take that throne, best player in the NBA. And yep. I can't wait. Please, the Miami Heat. Look, you have you have no scoring to compete with the Golden State Warriors. Boston Celtics. You have great wing depth, but it's just not gonna be your terrible matchup for the Warriors. Let us have an enjoyable NBA Finals because nobody's. The Warriors are the super. They're, they're the top tier team. They're not hurt. They're they, this is their NBA Finals to lose. And Steph Curry has four rings. Yeah, that Magic and Steph debate. It's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. You start looking at that like it's getting close because he's. You know, revisionist history, I can make the argument now that we've seen KD get double teamed and not be be exposed a little bit on a not great team. Steph Curry yeah. would never have that happen to him because he'd pass out of it. Or you just honestly trying to double team Steph is such a crazy idea. It's so hard. Yeah, because Toronto tried to do it and he still dropped 50 in the NBA finals without Clay and KD. So, like, that's what he is. Right. Yeah. We watched him be the highest scoring player last year without any help and, you know, try to lead his team to the um, NBA playoffs, even without Draymond most of the season. So mm-hmm. and I, I think revisionist history, Steph was the best player in those teams. And then you start saying he was the best player in the four NBA finals and took down LeBron multiple times. Yeah, that's a hell of a resume. To put against magic it's true. it's getting it's getting to the point where you have to real conversation about the greatest point guard of all time because they're both dynamic in similar ways where magic's passing ability is infectious and creates so much dynamics that's hard to guard and steph curry's shot creation from the volleyball line in the half court is creates so much dynamics that's just so tough to guard that doesn't go into the numbers they're supposed so worth so much more than the numbers yeah and it's a conversation to be had so you know anytime he has talent he wins mm-hmm. he's the key piece 
Anytime Magic Johnson had talent, he won. It's a good yeah. conversation. It's a conversation that's going to happen. It's a, it's four rings, and he should have had five. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Curry is the ultimate teammate in my eye. Yes, no ego, none. It's insane. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So we're talking seventy sixers, Gold State, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. I'm gonna go say it again. This is Golden State's championship to lose. They honestly yeah. have everything. All system. All systems are go. Everything's running like a well oiled machine. The problem that I no, it's not even a problem. I'm gonna say something that may be a bit controversial, but I have seen it throughout this season and throughout the series. Even if they have an injury, knock on wood, Golden State still takes that series. Because they have shown they can... It depends on the guy. If it's Dre... They don't have a backup for Dre. Yeah, if it's Dre, I I disagree. We've seen it. We've seen it, though. That very first game of of the Nuggets-Golden State series, Steph came off the bench. It was a Jordan Poole show. Yeah. They have been working and running so well this entire mm-hmm. season and into the playoffs that mm-hmm. if they drop a guy, the next guy steps right in. Yeah. They are very connective like that. I yeah. think if I think if it's one of those guards, I think your point is valid. I, maybe other than Steph. If it's Clay or Jordan Poole, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just how overpowered they are. Yeah, yeah. I think this was. I mean, dear goodness, we like blew through an hour or thirty minutes of content. Like we yeah. literally, it, this time flew by. Um, and uh, anything? Do you feel like this is a natural ending point? Yeah, but I got a couple of things I want to say though. Go. KD can't carry. Stop carrying <laughs> LeBron. <laughs> what are the main points? Die with the ship of the Grizzlies. We're going down with the ship. Jock can't score, can't drop 11 every single game, and neither can Cat drop 34. Pat Beverly is a pit bull. He's annoying. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> and Golden State, good God, Golden State, just leave something for the rest of us. Cause I know you got like 10 years down the line that you're going to continuously win. Just like, I want it, like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't. Just give me something else. You know, like, yeah. I know another team going to jump up, but like, it's going to be a minute before we see a Golden State level team that can really combat this unit. Because that's mm-hmm. what they are. They're a unit. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and I will say this. We were wrong. We were wrong in the beginning. Not in the beginning of this, but in the beginning of the season, we said, and I quote, the window for the Bucks has closed. I will say that they can at least at the very least, still become a Eastern Conference Final Championship yes. winner pr- al- almost every year from here to the, till whenever. Um, mm. But they may not see another NBA Finals for a minute. Yeah, it's going to be... This is a really good West right now. I think, I think this is the year for Embiid and Giannis to take one because, to be honest with you, when the Nets come back next year, and if they fire Steve Nash and Ben Simmons, KD, Kyrie, 
that team's probably gonna probably gonna take it next year in the East. Yeah, too much. <clears throat> but like you said, I do feel like this is a natural stopping point. Yeah. So, thank you all for listening. Yeah, and, and 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 real quick, real quick. Look, we're a growing podcast. We're so glad that you we have our listeners and. We we really want to build a community. If you know a friend that loves basketball, let them know. Like this is how we grow. We want more fans like you guys, and um, we're also having a goal to have ten five stars on each platform. I saw an Apple podcast the other day where we already have six five star reviews, and that's really going to help us hit that algorithm to make other people join our our group and our platform and our um, group of people that we can have together. I mean, one day we'll probably have a discord and we'll be yeah. able to talk with you guys and we'll have a Patreon and those type of things where people can connect and you guys can talk about basketball within your own selves because people like people, like-minded people. Well, if you like this podcast, you'll naturally want to talk to other people that like you, this podcast and talk to other people about the basketball things that we want to talk about and what you guys like. So it's it's a really good natural thing. And just, you know, if you have some free time, just go and give us the five-star reviews if you guys really like us. And, you know, help us reach our, reach our goal because we really want to try to get there. Facts. And remember that <clears throat> as we are the basketball addicts, you guys are also the basketball addicts as well. You are our community. You yeah. are, you know, you you belong to this community which is, you know, which is within us, you know what I mean? You you are one of us. You yeah. you, you you like basketball and enjoy the game and analyze the game just as much as we do, just as much as we like to. So this is not just us. This is our thing. Mm-hmm. We're a yeah. community and we need, and we just, we're just trying to just grow that community. Yeah. And one last thing, Jason, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Just one more thing. We were right. <laughs> oh. You heard it here first. You heard it. Remember these words. You heard it here first because you're going to continuously hear this because yeah. I'm not. We get a lot Chris, of things right. Chris, you chose right. you chose Memphis <laughs> over Timberwolves, right? Yeah. You might get the first round completely correct. You heard it's it here look- first. Oh, you didn't get the Lana Honks right. Ah, yeah, I chose Atlanta. Upset. I chose Atlanta. If you wouldn't hey! have done that, you would have had everything right. Uh, I'm two for three. I'm two for three. <laughs> yeah, you're doing pretty well. It, yeah. You're only going to miss one series. And I, I chose the Nets to win the NBA Finals, so I'm pretty fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. That's that's our call line now, forever. I'm, I'm changing it. It's not going to be, you can't hear process, but I need to get in. Nope, you heard it here first. <laughs> that's a fact. That's what it is. That's a tag. No, you heard it yeah. here first. Because everything... That is if you have not listened to this podcast, they're going to be right about a lot. Your <laughs> friends' this podcast yet? Just know that we get a lot of things right. Yep, <laughs> we yep. do. Yeah, we it's do. Reality for yeah. avid basketball watchers, you know what I mean. We watch games, we watch highlights, we listen to different people talk about the game all we, the time. We, we have a level of understanding of the game. Yes, we get a lot of things right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Vegas, what's up? <laughs> oh my goodness, some sports betting? <laughs> Great pairing with our podcast. <laughs> Great pairing. Vegas, what's yeah. up? Yeah. Only thing we got wrong was that we said the Lakers <laughs> in the beginning. 
Oh, let's not talk about that. It was injuries. It was Frank Vogel being stupid as you know, you know, you know, yeah. you know. Frank Vogel can't coach. He's he's a part of the Steve Nash, Chris Finch, uh, friend club. Uh, they're all <laughs> sending pina coladas together. Yeah, they're the trio. Yep. You know who got fired? That was like wow. Charlotte Hornets head coach got fired. What? Why? I know. Surprising. I completely disagree with that. That's just a quick little thing. I just thought it was so stupid. James yeah. Bargarano or something like that. I don't yeah. see why they would do that. No. No. He's maximized. Yeah. 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 If they, I mean, maybe they can take a step forward. Uh, take a step further. So, who, who knows? We'll see what happens next year. I mean, it's two two teams out there without a head coach right now. So, pick your poison. <laughs> yeah. And I think one thing we've learned about the head coaching market is Monty Williams used to be an assistant for a long time. Jason Kidd was an assistant for a decent while. And who's the other guy that we talked about? Ime Aduka was an assistant for a long time. Like, yeah. these guys who are assistants that have been around for a while and never got a shot, they, they have shown that they can be NBA coaches. They, a lot of them have hit. And I think you'll see a lot of not as much like, oh, college coaches being talked about in like ESPN guys being talked about. I think a lot of guys are going to be looking at assistant coaches this year because of the success rate that's been so plentiful for these assistants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike Brown to the Lakers confirmed. (laughs) He probably has gotten better since he was with the Cavs. You know, he runs that defensive scheme over there for the Golden State Warriors for the last decade. So yeah, he's doing something right. Yeah. I honestly think he might get a look. Because of he was the first person that beat the USA team in the Olympics with like South Africa or something like that, Nigeria, one of those teams. Really? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, you might get a look then. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll see you next year. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, I think this is the end. Well, I'm Jason Collins, and I'm Chris Mohammed, and we are the Basketball X. Peace.